Hello, I'm Robbie. And I'm Mary. Welcome to From the Heart. Orlando is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. We're happy to introduce to you talented artists and passionate leaders whose ideas are shaping our arts community. How do they create and why? And how will Orlando prosper from our growing arts presence? On each episode, we'll meet guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the heart. Yay, Robbie! (laughs) High five! Yay! I did it. I didn't say anything wrong. (laughs) So, listeners, for those of you who listen often, you'll notice that Josh was not here, and sitting in for him is my dear friend Robbie Pigott, or T. Robert Pigott. Oh, yeah, fancy. Yes, Yes, well, that's how you're known, business in the business. Mm. So, Robbie is one of our... most prolific actors here in oh Central boy. Florida. But you are. You're always in at least something. And you perform every day <laughs> at, <laughs> at, at Nemo, right? That's the, true. The musical over at uh, the Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yep. And you're really good at that, too. Oh, thanks. So you're just a working actor. Yeah. Probably one of the lucky, huh? most, well, talented. Well, and lucky. Yes, <laughs> yes. We are both very fortunate. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell everyone a little bit uh, about your journey to the state. To to where to the state? Yeah, like if you had to do, I saw you do uh, Shakespeare in, in what was that fast play where you did every with Philip? Oh, at Orlando Shakespeare, yeah. we did uh, uh, the Big Bang. Yes, 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 yes. It was about ten years ago or so. I know. I think, no, but the Big Bang. Yeah, I think it was a couple of million years ago. <laughs> okay, <no>. Oh boy, <laughs> here we go. Well, um, luckily, you know, we have time at Disney. Uh, to do outside theater and uh, it's uh, it's really cool there's theaters across central florida that we're able to go and be a part of professionally as artists which Mm. is a gift right to make as much art as you can oh i love that it's a gift to make as much art as you can that's true then working at sac on the weekends improvising Mm -hmm. mary and i met uh, or first worked together at the Comedy Warehouse. Mm-hmm. Back Pleasure in the early Island. 90s, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or no, well, you did. I didn't start until the li- early 2000s. Really? Yeah. Wow. It just feels there. like I've always known you. Yes. But yeah. Uh, yes, uh, we've done probably thousands of shows together. Probably. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Wow. Uh, making it up as we go along. Well, it's always been a pleasure working with you, and I've always enjoyed seeing you in out- outside of Comedy Warehouse or Disney Productions, oh, because you never cease to amaze me, um, the depth of your talent, and you sing, and you dance, and you do everything. Oh, well, now I'm Joshua Vickery. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't read his name. <laughs> I was proud of you. <laughs> and we're talking about Fringe. We are. Which is my favorite time fringe. of the year for and art in Orlando. So those of you listening, uh, Robert, uh, Robbie is in a Fringe show. We're going to talk about that in a little while. But because Joshua couldn't be here today, I said, why don't you co-host with me? We've done so much work together over the years this is fun sure all right so shall we get right to it absolutely all right we've got three shows being represented today in in this show so it's a little different than usual um but the first show that we're going to be talking about is geography and plays by gertrude stein and it's uh, been adapted and is directed by joseph lark riley and he's here with us wow what a coincidence (laughs) thank goodness (laughs) that would be awkward (laughs) Oh, hi. Hi. Nice to have you here. Well, thank you. So tell us, Joseph, uh, geography, plays, and plays. Tell us about this. Okay. Um, I started this project with the intention of making an abstract play. Uh, I wanted to make a play, but not in the way that plays are normally made, I suppose, just to kind of play around with it and see what I could get out of 
theater if I gave myself permission to break all the rules a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which is to say they uh, not necessarily have actors, not necessarily have a plot, but still what a play would be if you kind of gave yourself permission to to forego all of that. Um, one of my earliest inspirations leading to this desire was the work of Gertrude Stein. I saw her opera, Four Saints in Three Acts, in New York. I was a teenager, and it was very influential to me, made a big impression, um, and lit this little fire in me for this kind of work. Um, so it made a lot of sense to go straight to the source and look at her text uh, to work with for this project. Um, Geography in Place takes its name from a collection that she published in 1922, of portraits and plays. Um, the portraits are almost uh, like word paintings of people that she knew in her life, and the plays are an extension of that work where she was looking more at the relationship between people and painting those relationships with words. Mm. So in her plays, there are no clearly defined character voices. There is no story to really be followed. Um, it's kind of very much open to interpretation, which is something that I've embraced as an adapter and director of this piece. Um, I started work on the project back in August, uh, kind of formatting her texts towards performance and working with uh, actors. I'm from Brevard County, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, over in Rockledge. So um, my day job, I'm a scenic designer at a community theater there, and I work with high schools and things like that. So I have connections with the community theater over there. Um, and I was fortunate enough to work with local actors to develop this piece. So we were doing workshops and, and reading it. And uh, over the course of months of readings and workshops, we kind of honed on, in on the working strip that we have right now, which draws from three portraits and plays from the collection that I was speaking about. When your audience leaves this production, what is it that you would love for them to have as a takeaway? Um, I want... Uh, I think what I most want people to take away is inspiration. Um, For me, the work inspires. I think that it's the kind of work and it's abstraction that it doesn't tell you anything. So I can't say I want somebody to know something or to have necessarily taken the journey with a character, but I want people to feel liberated and to know that change is possible, that new perspectives are possible, that's what I get out of the work, and um, that's definitely the nature of our experience producing it, and we want that to also be the experience of, of seeing it. So just the abstraction inspires creativity. I have to say, I saw the Fringe preview. Mm-hmm. I always go every year mm. where uh, a whole bunch of the shows get to, this year. Just get to give their two minutes each. That's all, you know, two, three two minutes. minutes. Yeah, two. And uh, I, I got to see, you know, in the whole night, you know, to be honest and to be fair, there's a lot that sometimes they don't, maybe they're not, they don't know what they're doing. They're not ready. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're not, yeah. they haven't fully cooked yet. They define fringe. But I have to tell you just, <laughs> it's funny hearing him talk, hearing you talk about the abstraction. That's mm-hmm. sort of what your approach was, I think, to your preview, which was, this isn't what our show is. <laughs> you have the actresses holding books that, that have their scripts that, you know, a little, maybe they were Gertrude Stein and, but basically saying this, what we're performing for you right now is not what we will be performing for you in the fridge. And it, it, it itself was abstract and very entertaining and inspired me to definitely want to come see the show. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, great. 
Um, yeah, it's definitely playful, whimsical, um, abstract, and absurdist. But we're we're working hard to make it very confident and deliberate. That's that's definitely a challenge when you have no real map to go by. Um, but we are we are very committed to the work and and. Yeah, that's our that's our challenge so for ourselves. As you've been preparing for this, have you done it in front of people where you got feedback um, or comments or ideas? Uh, not in the performative elements yet. Uh, we've been integrating different team members. We're working with customers, uh, choreographers, um, and uh, no, other than the workshopping of the actual text mm -hmm. uh, up to this point, we we haven't. You haven't. Other than the preview that you saw, yeah. which again isn't what is really? going to be in it, but it is what's going to be in it. Just not that particular. Right. version of it yeah, yeah. interesting and you only have four performances only four performances what yeah, are they robbie yeah. oh I'll, I'll tell you may 18th at 1 30 p.m may 20th at 8 p.m may 23rd at 5 30 p.m and may 25th at 4 45 p.m ah, what's the venue brown which is in the shakespeare building uh take a left after the box office and yeah. it's there on the right that's right. It's the old philharmonic room right uh, yeah, I didn't it is. know that. <laughs> I think it's the rehearsal studio. Yeah, now, now it right? is. They yeah, now Shakes use it as a rehearsal make it room. over for a performance space. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. We're, oh. mm -hmm. Yeah. How wonderful. So uh, is there anyone that you would not advise to come to your show? We, we're, we're calling it 13 and up. Uh, okay. I, I, I think that you kind of need a, a certain attention uh, to pay to this. Um, you're going to be well rewarded for it, but uh, I wouldn't bring my four-year-old to see a show not it, because it's inappropriate but i i just right it know. just would be not really something they could grasp uh yeah yeah possibly you need you need to have a sense of adventure with this you need to have a little maturity i think um not be, again because of the subject matter but just uh, a little knowledge of the world uh you know it kind of takes an understanding of the rules and the rituals to appreciate when they're broken ah well put so yes. um yeah, that's kind of what it's So like. we don't have too much time left, and I want to make sure that we get in uh, everything that you want people to know about why you would love for them to come see your show. Sure. This might speak to some of the audience. Uh, this does have an LGBTQ um, kind of vibe mm -hmm. to it. Um, the one piece that is the most narrative within our entire show uh, is a portrait that Gertrude Stein wrote of a couple that she knew. Gertrude Stein was a lesbian mm -hmm. in, in Paris in the 20s and 30s. Um, called Miss Fern, Miss Skeen. In this portrait, uh, I broke into a dialogue between a, an actual married couple that I know, that I work with. Um, within this piece that Gertrude Stein wrote, Miss Fern, Miss Skeen, that the word gay was taken to be understood as meaning homosexual for the first time in literature. Oh. The word gay exists within this three-page portrait 300 times, um, as Gertrude Stein does, she kind of pulverizes language and builds something <laughs> new out of it. So she talks about these women moving to a place and being gay together, which was to mean happy. They were seeking how to be gay. They were learning new ways to be gay and teaching themselves and each other how to be gay. And repeatedly, they were gay. They were regularly gay. They were gay every day. They would wake up gay. They would go to sleep gay. And over the course of this portrait, she's completely rearranging the understanding of the language. Um, so that's a really interesting thing that I think kind of serves as, as a core, like a, um, a, uh, a thematic core to our piece, um, and then spirals out into abstraction that's celebrated 
on on either end of it. So, wow, so cool. I'm so glad you said that. That's that was really, really good. interesting. I'm sold. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> All right then. Well, boy, we want to thank you so much for being here. Will you have a chance to go see other shows yourself? Oh yeah, definitely. We're gonna camp out. So nice, we'll, nice. We'll do that. Is yeah. this your first fringe? I've heard. This is our first fringe mm-hmm. pr- uh, participating in uh, first Orlando fringe. We've been in other fringes uh, with other shows, but ah. the first Orlando fringe, and we're 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 grateful. This is to now be here. the oldest one in our country. That's what I'm told. Yeah, yeah excited yeah. about that. It's an honor to be part of it. Well, we want to thank you so very much. I'm going to do my best to get there and see it. Uh, if there's nothing that I do, I try to see the ones that come to our show. Yeah. Uh, if time works out, that's what I do. So once again, Geography and Plays by Gertrude Stein, adapted and directed by Joseph Lark Riley. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. It will be in the Brown venue, orlandofringe.org. You can buy your tickets now. Go get them. Yeah. Thank you so much for being right, here. Great. And we'll Thanks. see you at the show. All right. Have a great fringe. We'll be right Thanks. back in just a moment from the heart. Hello and welcome back to From the Heart. This is Robbie Pigott standing in for Josh Vickery. Joshua? Does he like Josh? He likes Joshua. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. Okay. S- sorry, Joshua. <laughs> and uh, my co-host, Mary Thompson Hunt, who's always here. I'm never here, <laughs> but, but I'm here are, this time. With a vengeance. Oh, because boy. Because you're a host and guest. Well, I'm v- <laughs> yeah. We're here right now for the second segment. Can mm-hmm. I say that? Yes. Yes, you're doing great. Oh, gosh. What's the second segment about, Robbie? What's well, about a brand new play mm-hmm. uh, written by John Mark Jernigan called Goodbye? Oh, sounds like you know something about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, you're in it. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a guest as yes, well. We do. Our director, our illustrious director, Chris Crawford. Oh, I like that description. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome, Chris. Now, well, see, you. did you hear what he said? What? Hello, which I don't know if you were around oh. last fringe. Yes, I get it. That he was starred right. in Fringe Hit, mm-hmm. Hello, by John Mark Jernigan. Yes. And this year, John Mark has written another play called Goodbye. And he wants me nowhere near it. That's why I'm directing. No, I'm just <laughs> 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 no, I'm just What teasing. amazing trust he has in you that you would star in one and that you would direct the other. Yeah, well, we make a good team. Yeah. We make a good team. <laughs> no, um, he is, he is uh, an extremely talented writer. Um, just some of the best, some of the best modern things that are, are being written, I think, are coming from local upcoming playwrights, and and he is he's definitely leading that game. And how did you meet? Well, um, <laughs> we met at an audition uh, a little a little over four years ago, um, and uh, we have been together now for a little over three years, and recently engaged. So. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank oh you very God. much. Creating plays and a life together. That's I know, amazing. I know. I can't wait to see that play. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I can't either. Um, well, tell no, us what we can expect at Goodbye. And then tell us the history of it because I remember, um, well, I'll let you both just take it from here because it's great. It's well, great. you know, Hello had done so well at last year's Fringe. And the day after Fringe, they have the big party uh, on in the park and pass out awards and I believe at the time Chris was accepting the award for best actor at the Fringe for Hello. I uh, drunkenly, perhaps I had a couple <laughs> beers, uh, accosted John Mark 
to just rave about how much I loved the play. And I'm just in awe of his writing. He had written another play the year before that he performed in and Chris directed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Betty Betty. Betty. Betty which I had seen not knowing John Mark at the time and just seeing it because I had, there was a hole in my schedule, honestly, and I didn't know anything about it. And I went and I was blown away by how well it was written and acted and directed. And it was a little autobiographical, come to find out, with John Mark's story. So I just went to him that day after last year's French and told him how much I admired his writing. And I, I have a story I'd love to tell. I think it would be a great story to tell, but I am just not a writer. I'm not capable of it. And I blurted it all out. And uh, a couple of days later, he sent me a, a, like a one minute monologue. And my, I say, I tell people my eyes projectile teared. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so beautiful and spoke just so well to what my experience was with the story. Uh, without me even having filled in the details, he was able to just, mm-hmm. just write the most beautiful words. And then I was like, well, let's, you think we could do the, as a play? And he, thinking maybe it would be a one-man play the way Hello was last year. And he started and he, he wrote me later and said, I, it's more than one person. It's, I said, whatever it is, let's just do it. <laughs> and it ends, it's a six-person play. And um, I think he, honestly, I think he wrote it in like within a few days of when, yeah, he, first, it, when he finally started to write it. It was, it was super fast. Um, uh, I, I walked back over to the table where he and Robbie were standing and, and, um, and talking about, Robbie had just finished telling the story and they're both standing there with tears in their eyes. And it's like, oh, well, here we go on another journey. You know, here we go. And, and, um, and seriously, I mean, he sent me the, the monologue that Robbie's talking about. And I'm, I'm crying over it. And, you know, Robbie's got such a spectacular story. Yeah, and, and this is based on that story. Um, there's a lot of truth in the, in the play from that story. But uh, do you want to give a, can you give a quick, short Reader's Digest version of what the story is for our listeners or without giving too much away? Absolutely, yeah. The the story is based on on Robbie's story of of the loss of his father um, and where he was. He was on a a scuba diving trip when when that happened, and and it happened to be a scuba diving trip that changed his life. And so it, it gave John Mark the idea, you know, of these momentous kind of life things that happen when we're at the in the right place at the wrong time or in the wrong place at the right time. And it's about living your life to its fullest while you can. It's about embracing um, the diversity of, of other people and, and what they have to give and the love that they have to give and the love that we have to give each other. And, and, and so it's, um, it, it's a really special piece that kind of was birthed out of Robbie's story. And, um, and, and so with Robbie playing the lead character, it's got so much heart and, and so much humor and and uh, love just protruding from every moment of the show and and the rest of the cast just embody the story and 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 lift Robbie up as he kind of takes us on this journey that that he has lived in his life it's it's really a special piece and it's an ultimately an uplifting story it's not a sad depressing it's a story that says that reminds people to live their lives live your life you know Live it to the fullest because yeah. you never know in which moment it might be the last. You don't. Exactly. You don't. And, and, that's, and that's important. And I think we get so caught up in, in the everyday things of life that we, that we forget to live. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one beautiful moment in the show is, is you know, um, uh, I don't want to give away any relationships or anything, but, but uh, Robbie talking about how he lived his life so fully, you know, and, and that he, when he was on this trip, 
uh, you know, his life was changing. And of course, all of these things were happening back home, but like he was living, you know, and that ultimately is what we want for each other is, is to live while we can. And, and he's right. Um, the tagline for the show that we've been sharing is, um, uh, if you think, you know, you don't, and that's precisely the point because we don't want people to think, Oh, goodbye. It's just going to be a cry fest because it's not, it's very funny. And, um, and you, you get to see an array of different characters and, and how they interact with Robbie and, and the audience and everything. And is Robbie as amazing as ever in this? Uh, that's an understatement. Yeah, That's I an know. understatement. It's, Every time I see him, he surpasses yeah. what I thought. Well, and, and it's so funny, you know, because I think, I mean, I've known Robbie as a, a theatrical actor, you know, more than just an improv actor for a long time, probably longer than I've known you as an improv actor. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've always kind of known that side of Robbie, but I think people that see him on stage at SAC and see him on stage uh, in other uh, areas of improv, like they're in for a surprise because this is, this is a, a tour de force mm-hmm. really for him. That's our Robbie. That's our Robbie. Makes you laugh, makes you cry, he dances, he sings. But good looking, he, he's nice. I really hate him. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Me too. I struggle daily. But no. John Mark's writing mm-hmm. and Chris's direction, that's another thing. Chris's direction, if we can just talk about someone else who's in the room, it's just, he's taken the script and turned it on its head already uh, in a way that helps tell this story that, like, give uh, an example, I can't even give describe an example I don't want to give anything away. It's so funny okay. because it's so, like, we, what we want to do with this interview is, is, is say that whatever you're expecting is probably not what you're going to get it's not a cry fest. It is an uplifting story. Although I would love for you to cry at some point in it. I love being manipulated emotionally at, at theater. I really <laughs> do. I'm open for it. Make me cry. I love it. Uh, and I hope this makes you feel emotions, uh, but hopefully ending in a, in a positive mm-hmm. way. Um, enriched. But, uh, Absolutely. That's a great Yeah, word. enriched. I forget what I was saying. That's all right. Well, I, I think- get so excited about it. I, oh, uh, but... It's also not uh, a sequel to Hello. Right. Okay. I, a, a lot of people are just like, oh, so it's a sequel to Hello. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with Hello. It's got the same playwright and the actor is directing this. But, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, John Mark's work is all about human connection and it's all about making the connections that we can and reaching out. And I mean, Hello was about just saying hello to another person mm-hmm. and how that can save someone's life. And, and change a life, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That's what the arts are about, about connection. 100%. That's why we do this show. And it's connecting people. It's connecting you with your own thoughts and feelings. It's connecting. It's a, it's a dialogue. It's a conversation. Yes. And I hope people get that out of it. This is, I hope that people walk away from the play inspired, inspired to live their lives even as hard as they can. Mm. Well, I'm inspired just hearing about this, and I can't wait to go see it. Oh, it, thank you. It's it's wonderful, and it, it's been a true labor of love. You know, I mean, um, the story being so personally close to Robbie, mm-hmm. um, all of us being friends that are working on the show, mm-hmm. uh, getting to know each other even more than we already did, and and that is a gift in itself because again, life moves so fast, especially in the arts. You know, yes. you're moving from one thing to the next, and meeting people and saying goodbye to people, and and uh, and so that in itself has been a gift just to spend the time uh, with me and these six people and Anthony Smith, who's um, live underscoring the show. Oh, wonderful. Um, that's another thing. I've never yeah. done about I've that. never done a play where it was underscored live by a musician. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. And the cast is great. John Mark, who wrote it, is also in it. Uh, Megan Maroney is oh, in it. Lauren Culver. 
wonderful actress. And uh, two sort of newcomers to Orlando, Brian Brammer and uh, Jeffrey Correa, who, fun fact, is Sandy Duncan's son. <laughs> Serious? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Like, did it take a while before that just happened to come out? Uh, well, he works at Nemo with me. Oh, so, so you I know him. That, you know. But, yeah. but, That's so cool. Wonderful. And everyone is just wonderful. Oh. It's a family, you know. Well, I'm proud of you. I can't wait to see it. And uh, one more time, give everyone the location and the venue. Um, it's at the Orlando Fringe Festival, and we are in the green venue. And we are opening on Thursday, May 16th at 7.45 p.m. is our first show. And how many shows? Will we have you? seven shows. Seven shows. We have That's seven fantastic. shows over the festival, yeah. And w- remind us where the green venue is. The green venue is the black box at the Rep. Um, yes. So it's right across the lawn from Orlando Shakes mm-hmm. proper. Um, and it's uh, there are a few venues over at the Rep, and we're in the black box. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I wish you all the best. A oh, thank pleasure you. to meet what you. What a pleasure to meet you. Please come back. Write more. Come back. Oh, my Stay goodness. in touch. Okay. And if you insist. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not going anywhere. No. <laughs> I'm sticking around, baby. And listeners, we'll be right back. You're listening to From the Heart on Magic 107.7 FM. Welcome back to From the Heart. It's Robbie Pigott for Joshua Vickery and Mary Thompson Hunt. For I'm, me. I'm her co-host. co-host. <laughs> You're doing I was gonna great. Say, she's my co-host today, but I'm, that's getting way too cocky on <laughs> my first day. Well, if it's co, then I am your co-host, <laughs> okay. as you are mine. And guess what? We have a guest. Yay. <laughs> See what we did there? We segued. <laughs> so when Fringe comes, uh, normally... All of our guests will get all three segments, but because we want to try to get in as many shows as we can, we divide each show into three. So we do have our third guest here, um, and we asked Michael Marinaccio to pick our guests, uh, and he always does a good job of, of sort of surrounding all the different things you can experience at Fringe. So I, I always like who he, he, but when I saw your name, I have to admit, I was very happy that you're here, David Lee. Ladies and gentlemen, David Lee. Thank you. It's a Pleasure to be here. <laughs> Representing great actors who do one-man shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one's going to upstage you, but you. Well, I can't whistle, so he just did. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what you're doing. I am doing uh, three short stories by Ray Bradbury. I have decided to call the event Ray Bradbury's H2O because all three stories deal with water in mm. some way. Uh, three years ago, I did Kaleidoscope and Rocket Man, two short stories by Ray Bradbury. And the response was kind of overwhelming. And people over the last couple of years have been coming up to me saying, hey, have you read this story? Have you read this story? Hey, you should read this story. You're going to do more Ray Bradbury. So uh, one of the first ones that was suggested to me by uh, a local writer and performer, Ken Pruce, was a short story called The Lake, which was one of the first, I think it's the first story he ever had published um, and then one of the, one of dem guys, which are, uh, some guys that are very supportive of the fringe and the artists there suggested that I read a short story called Picasso summer, 
which takes place by the ocean in France. And so then I had two stories about water by Ray Bradbury, and I Googled Ray Bradbury and water and found one about a river on Mars. Oh. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Wow. I think I might have read that short story about a river on Mars. It's called The Million Year Picnic. Well, when, when I see it, I'll know, but I th- yeah. it sounds very familiar. Yeah. He wrote a lot of stories about Mars, uh, but this one is about a family kind of escaping Earth uh, in a family rocket and starting uh, anew on Mars, and their neighbors uh, will be joining them soon. And uh, back on Earth, the apocalypse has kind of happened. So uh, this man and his wife and their three sons and their neighbor uh, and his wife and their four daughters uh, will be inhabiting Mars eventually. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Interesting. So yeah. how, how is the rehearsal process for you? How do you do that? Uh, well, I've, in the past uh, probably six years, I've done, uh, well, since 2011, actually, I started uh, with Tom Payne by Will Eno. Uh, I've been doing some one-man shows, and uh, it's very different than the other uh, projects I've done. Mostly it's uh, recording it on my phone and playing it in my car. Mm. A lot, which I did on the way here. Just to get the words? Yes. The script? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you direct yourself? Kind of, yes. I just decide where I'm going to move to and what the lights are going to be like. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, solo shows are interesting because you really just, you know. How's the cast party? Uh, <laughs> well, you have to invite people to work with you so that you can have a party. You I have see. to have designers. I see. Just kind of curious. <laughs> a lot of leftovers. <laughs> I argue with myself a lot in rehearsal. <laughs> you can't do that. Yes, I can. No, you can. When 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 does it get to the part where you go? Okay, I need I need a second person in to watch this and give feedback. Well, and, Margaret and who Nolan, who is yes, one of my producers, of mm-hmm. along with uh, Susan Turner. Uh, Margaret Nolan will be coming in during tech uh, to be another I, and uh, she keeps offering to run lines with me, but I'm not ready to do that. Uh, um, she's with Kangaroo Productions, right? Kanga Girl. Kanga Girl. Kanga Girl. Yeah. I meant to say that. Yeah. Yeah, Good I've been collaborating with her for some time. So that's great. So you really trust her opinion, and she knows Absolutely. what you're capable of. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are you able to get all three stories completely out? Are they? Yes. You- yeah. Uh, two of them are probably uh, 12 minutes, and then one is probably about 20 minutes. So the mm. whole thing is about an hour. Do you have a favorite? Um, they're, they're all great. Um, they're all kind of about uh, loss and starting over again, uh, which kind of resonates with me uh, personally. Um, but uh, the lake is... They're all great. The lake is really haunting. Uh, when Bradbury was very young, uh, a young neighbor girl of his drowned uh, in a lake. And uh, this was kind of his first foray into publishing. And uh, rumor uh, from my research, uh, when he finished writing the story, he kind of broke down weeping because uh, he realized that uh, he was probably going to be able to Actually, for the first time, he realized he was going to be able to make a living, I think, when he found out that the story was being published. Mm. Um, but it's a beautiful, beautiful story. Um, 
they're just all about how um, how uh, short life can be and uh, living uh, the experience is so um, fragile. Mm. So they're all kind of beautiful. Robbie was saying earlier that a big message of his his work that he's doing is about living life to the fullest. Right. While you can. Yes. Is that something that seems to be... Yes. Yes. Um, and Robbie and I have both experienced some uh, loss uh, with our families. Um, so I, I think these stories are kind of about starting over... Um, letting uh, the past kind of wash away. Um, so there's something in there that mm-hmm. kind of resonates. That's nice. Yeah. Hmm. Tell us your venue. Uh, I am in the Yellow Venue, which is the Goldman Theater at the Shakespeare Theater, which is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my, <clears throat> it was my favorite theater to direct in when I worked there, and uh, it's my favorite theater to uh, perform in. Robbie and I did a play there called Opus years ago. Uh, it's very, it's a large enough theater. Uh, I would consider it a medium-sized theater, but um, it's my favorite at the Shakespeare Theater because it's uh, intimate, yet uh, top quality, state-of-the-art. It's a, it's a great venue for uh, anything, really. Nice. It's my favorite theater to, to perform in in Orlando, I think. I love that theater. Mm. Yeah, it's really nice. I love that. I love that you both have been at so many theaters. You go, yeah, that's my favorite theater to perform. <laughs> <laughs> that's fab- fabulous. Uh, truly, I'm sitting between two of the most talented of mm. our artists here in Orlando. So it's an honor to have you here. Well, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much. For that. Thank you, Robbie. Um, what do you want your audience to go away having ex- having? What do you want them to think about or maybe feel? Um, if I can get one, and I think I'm going to be able to get a lot more than that every show because. Bradbury was just so talented. But if I could get one person to leave the theater and say, wow, I'm going to go back and read some Bradbury. Mm. Or I'm going to go read those stories or find them online and see uh, what this guy did with them. Um, Mm. But I think, you know, we were just talking about Reader's Theater and uh, I'm actually not going to do them like that. Um, uh, three weeks, three weeks, David. Yeah. Um, one week for each story to memorize. Um, but I, I just think all three of these stories, um, would make great bedtime stories. They make great rainy afternoon stories. Um, and you know, if, uh, one parent leaves and turns their kids on to Bradbury or one audience member leaves and says, you know, I'm going to go buy some Bradbury. And I remember reading this in high school and uh, because he's such a poet, the words are just... Mm -hmm. He must have had such an interesting imagination and a mind. I remember once a short story of his I read about a staircase that went on for uh, forever. Yeah. But I, I was really into this staircase. Like... And I don't even remember what happened, but he painted the picture. I just saw through space this. Yeah. What kind of mind did he have? How did he get that facile of a mind? I, I, I don't know. But, you know, a lot of people um, think it's all science fiction, but he actually, two of these three stories uh, are based, are, take place on Earth. Uh, and he did write a lot of stories that didn't have anything to do with outer space. Um, he's, uh, he's a pretty fascinating artist. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Tell us the times again, and how many shows do you have? Uh, we have six shows, and you can find all of the times on the uh, Orlando Fringe website. OrlandoFringe.org. Yes. OrlandoFringe.org. You can buy tickets right now. Yeah, you can. In yes, fact, you can buy tickets now. We suggested. open on Wednesday, uh, May 15th, 15th at 8 o'clock. And our final show is on Sunday, May 26th at 7.15. Um, we have a performance on May 18th, May 19th, May 21st, and May 24th. And one well. more time, the length of your show? It's one hour. One hour. About 50 minutes. Well, you are a good storyteller. I've gone to your other, uh, another one of your stories, and I think it was a Orlando Rip that I saw you. I think you came to see another American asking and telling about gays in the military. Yes. Because I remember you asking a very interesting uh, question afterwards. Hmm. Do you why remember did, what I asked? You said, why did you want to do this piece? Mm. Uh, what did you say? Uh, I think I just wanted to share those stories. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, this was before they lifted uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Um, but I remember you being in the audience thinking, oh, Mary's here. Oh, I'm so flattered. I really liked it. You were amazing. In he it. was and fantastic. That was know, the first thing I ever saw. If I ever ask that of someone, it's uh, certainly not a judgment on anything. Oh, no, you seemed very sincerely intrigued yeah. as to what, what led me to the material. Exactly. And I, th I think that's why I like doing the show. Everyone gets called to do certain things or they have a reason why, or maybe they don't even know why, but it's just it. the hairs on their back go you know, straight up, I got to do this. And the creative process is fascinating to me. Yes. Oh, and so is the fact that we just got two minutes. Oh. oh. Will you come back again next I time will. you're doing work? I will. Because I like the way you speak about your work. Why, thank you. Uh, and I find it really interesting what you just said. The second story, uh, Picasso Summer, is all about a man vacationing in Paris. And he happens upon Picasso on the beach drawing. And he really wants to kind of capture that moment and take pictures, but he doesn't have his camera uh, do anything he can, dig some of it up. Uh, but in the end, he's just left uh, looking at the drawings as Picasso walks away and the tide comes in and washes it all away, Ooh. which just reminded me of what you said uh, a moment ago about art. So yeah, come out, check out the shows, Will the stories. Do. Check out all of Fringe. Yeah, OrlandoFringe.org. You can buy tickets for everything now. Mm-hmm. And I want to say to you, Robbie Pigott, thank you so much for being my co-host and my guest. What a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be with a friend again. Thanks well, for Joshua having me Joshua Vickery, we will see you next week. You were Miss Sorley. David, I'll see you at the Fringe for sure. Yay. Listeners, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next week from the heart. Yay.